Thanks for listening to the audio of 717 Church. This is a place where we continually strive to worship Jesus as the King with our lives, wreck our personal kingdoms to build His kingdom, and live out God's Word in the way that we interact with others. For more information, please visit 717.church. Today's reading comes from 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 21. We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we were told about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses to his majesty, for he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic, glory saying, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. And we have the word of the prophets made more certain, and you will do well to pay attention to it. As to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy has never held its origin in the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. You know, there's only a few times where you get really nervous about someone sharing uh, or reading God's word. And my nervousness wasn't with Lisa. It was definitely with Keith. And his running joke is uh, how long I preach. And so I can always get him back by going longer. So uh, glad you guys are with us this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn in t- uh, to Second Peter. We're going to be in chapter one as we're over the next couple weeks. We'll be walking through Second Peter and finishing that out right before Christmas. Um, but I just want to kind of walk through a couple of things with you first before we get into that. Uh, number one. Uh, over the last month or so, we've kind of tried to make sure we have opportunities for each of you to say, how can I take a step of faith? And so we did a month of prayer and it's kind of, it's finished up this past week. And what that was, was just simply, hey, do something different. Walk a neighborhood Just start praying for the house next to you. What does God want to do? Ask questions of yourself so that God can say, okay, I want to interact with you in this area. And if you're like me, I usually have a struggle as far as focused time. Uh, You have known me for periods of time and you know I probably have some form of ADHD and so I'm like, oh, any shiny object, which is really funny that the light's right here so that I'm like, okay, I'm like a puppy. But what is amazing about this is though, the more time we focus and, and continually give God space in our lives, he is gonna continue to use that to change us to be more like him and accomplish his work in other people. Okay, so the more time that I allow God space in my life, the more he's going to speak to areas that's going, hey, Jerry, if you give that to me, I'm actually going to use that for my glory, and that's called worship, right? And a lot of us go, well, it's really hard to let go. Most of us are control-based people, right? And so it's really interesting as we get into 1 Peter over the last couple months and then 2 Peter, it's that call to all of us to go, are you going to actually trust me? Or are you just gonna keep burying it or covering it up or or just acting like it doesn't exist? And so 
uh, I want to say thank you for interacting with that. And also, I also want to recognize that we are a part of the kingdom, okay? 717 Church doesn't have a corner of the market. We are not the best thing. Instead, we're a part of God's kingdom, and we, along with the other churches in the area, are actively working to accomplish God's will. Okay? And so we're thankful we got friends here from Lydis Mennonite. They're hanging out with us this morning. I got friends from Victory that are here this morning. And so what this is, is this is a part of the body. We come, we say hi to each other, we love each other, we're a part of the body, and we want to step into what God has for us, right? And so there's a phrase that I grew up with, and, and if you've heard this before, uh, maybe you have that same phrase. Growing up, uh, my, my mom and my brothers were all older than me, and they would use this phrase, uh, you can dress them up, but you can't take them out. Do you guys know that phrase? Yes? Okay. Right. And it's usually not an encouragement, right? Uh, and so especially, we, it's a joke amongst our family. You know, someone's running their mouth and they look nice. Then you're like, you can dress them up, but you can't take them out somewhere nice. And what I realized is a lot of times when we talk about life, that's probably the truth of us. We can dress ourselves up, but when it comes to interacting in the spaces that we're supposed to be interacting, we don't do it. We don't do it. So what that looks like is like God has covered us with grace and reminds us daily with his word, hey, like I, I, this is a spot for you to step in and you go, now nah, I'm gonna go do my own thing right now, right? And so scripture, for Peter, just before this says, I gotta, we have to constantly remind ourselves. We have to constantly remind ourselves that I need God's word. I need him. I need him to change me. Because what happens is if I believe anything other than what God is saying, then I have tied my value to that thing, right? And so I constantly need the truth of God's word to remind me. I need God's word to remind me that I actually need to forgive that person next to me. I need God's word constantly to remind me to that I don't have to hide my sin. Instead, I have to give it to the Savior and allow him to use it. I don't need, I need constant reminders to go, you know what, Jared, you're filling all kinds of stuff into your life that have nothing to do with Jesus because you're scared. And so I don't need anything flashy. I don't need shiny objects, although I get distracted easily by them. I don't need anything other than the truth covered in grace. And so for me, what happens, and maybe this is similar to you, for me, I grow used to the truth. Anybody get used to a truth and you're like, ah, it's not that big a deal anymore, right? I get used to the truth and I become complacent to it. And then I don't have to apply it anymore. I know I should forgive that person. I know I should show grace to them, but I'm kind of used to that, so I don't have to do it anymore. See, that's where we, as, where we struggle as Christians is we go, ah, do I actually have to do this? You see, I get really good at ignoring the truth, mainly because I don't want to do it anymore. The truth and the weight of the truth doesn't change. My resistance to the truth is what changes, Right? The truth and the weight. God's word is always true. God's always carrying weight behind his words. God is always calling you to more of himself. The God is always working in me to make me more like him. My resistance is what grows, not the strength of the truth. 
And that's why Peter takes some time to share about how we should be living and reminds us of how easy it is to get distracted. And so this first part of the verse is so interesting to me, right? It says, for we do not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the whole next chapter, it talks about false prophets and it talks about people who use a little bit of truth to distract us from what we should be doing, right? I do it to myself. I'm like, ah, I don't really need to do that. But Peter is pretty clear. He says, cleverly devised truths and how and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses to this. And so I want to park just for a second on that clearly devised myths. Is it, it just, it sticks to me because too often I go, I'll take a portion of truth and I use that portion of truth to get what I want, right? We call that manipulation, I do that all the time. Uh, and I'm really good at arguing so I can use portions of truth to make the other person not actually think that what they're believing is true because I got a little bit of truth and I'm gonna go that direction and I'm a good arguer, right? And so I'm gonna kind of pause and just walk through this through. Cleverly devised myths. A person who reasons with clever but fallacious arguments. And that lie is based on mistaken belief. A person who reasons with clever but wrong arguments, it's based on a mistaken belief. It has an appearance of truth. Everyone believes something, you kind of, is like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I see the truth in it. And then you get a little bit further down the road and you go, oh my word, that's not even truth anymore. It goes all the way back, it says, to form sophisms. I have no clue what that is. But it says continual plausible error, cunningly devised truths. And we see this first in Genesis chapter one. This is what Satan does to help Eve get to where she wants to go. And I wanna remind us, there is nothing new under the sun. All of our sin, all of us is still can root all the way back to Genesis chapter one. Because you can see all the things, right? Satan whispers just a couple things, a couple half-truths to Eve and away she goes down to what she wants. And the same thing happens to you and I. If you take a second and think about the situations, what are the situations that you go, ah, man, I kind of just really just explained my way right into where I wanted to by using a portion of truth, right? Some of the ones that we use a lot of in this day and age is, I really need this right now. Ever heard that one? I, I need this. I, I, and, and it might be true, but it usually is backfilling something that should be our savior, right? So we use it for emotions. We use it to deal with grief. We use it for all kinds of things. And we use the same basic lie. Oh, I need this. This is the truth. I need this right now. And then we just walk into whatever we want to walk into right? And across the board, organizations use this all the time. We want you to come here, whatever it is, because we have this and this and this, and you're going to get this and this and this out of the deal, right? That's why we always want to make sure that we're praying through what we're stepping into so we understand that it's not, sometimes not everybody's as good as we think they are, 
And it's important why you pray through both our church and any church you involve yourself in is what is that church actually calling you to? If that church is calling you to anything other than Jesus, you're missing scripture, right? Half-truths mixed with promises that aren't biblical ease us into our comfort instead of battling for Jesus and his kingdom. Half-truths. Hey, if you just come here and just kind of engage a little bit, if you kind of come this, you're going to get this and this and this. But they may never call you on your sin. They may never actually tell you you have to be in community in order to grow closer to each other and to Jesus. Half-truths mixed with promises that aren't biblical ease us into our comfort instead of battling for Jesus and his kingdom. If you walk through, there's many things in church world that are man-made that we spend a lot of time investing in, okay? My family grew up Catholic, okay? Nothing wrong with those that love Jesus, but holy water would be an example. I used to be really confused. I'd play in the water, I'd sprinkle it. I was a little kid, I didn't know what I was doing. But it's interesting what we can talk about. Child baptism, there's all kinds of things that you go, you walk through and go, does this actually what God calls us to? And you ask the question. All right. So we're walking through this and Peter's saying, there's all kinds of things that are cleverly devised to get you distracted from what you should be doing. And so we want to walk through this with Peter and it says, uh, I'm sorry, from my mouth, I always want you to hear Mark chapter 1, verse 15. The point of all of this is this. This is Jesus speaking in Mark chapter 1. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. That's for all of us. Anything we call each other to other than that, that's what Jesus says. Repent and believe in the gospel. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom is at hand. That's what we're after. And so this is why this is so important is you and I have to grasp over and over and over that the gospel calls you to himself, not to your church, to Jesus, which means that my sin, the gospel is for me. Not just to make me feel better, there's truth in that. Not just to make life better, there's truth in that. But to the point of going, I need to constantly be reminded that I need to allow the Savior to turn my heart towards himself. The struggle is what I often do is I treat what Jesus calls me to as a get out of jail free card. Or if we're really honest, sometimes we use it as a, hey, just don't burn. And I can choose to not choose repentance or forgiveness. And this is how we end up being consumers. We can consume at church over and over and over and over again. We can sit and listen to messages week after week after week if we don't allow the gospel to turn our hearts. Because if my Monday through Saturday doesn't look like Sunday, something's wrong, right? And so this is where we're trying to process. 
the goal is not to fully focus just on Sunday, but the goal is saying, you know what? If you are a completely different person at work than you at at church on Sunday, something is not right and you're following something, right? If I have not shifted at all, if God has not moved anything in my life from Sunday morning to Monday through Saturday, something isn't right. Right? So I constantly want from this point of standing up here in front of you going, God is at work in me, changing me to be more like him. Right? It lets me build my kingdom and never let anyone else in that I don't deem worthy. If I don't allow the gospel to change my heart, I don't let anybody else in that I don't trust fully and that I don't deem worthy. If I don't let the gospel change my life, it lets me believe that what I have is mine and it's for my pleasure, right? The things I built, the hardest I've worked, the, the things that we have, all of those things are for my pleasure. Yes, it's true. But have you used those for God's glory? The gifts that God has given me, my ability to work, my ability to care for others, the strengths that he's given me, if I use them only for my benefit, I have missed what the gospel's calling me to. It's either all of me for all of him or all of me for all of me. There's no in between, right? It's either all of me God, this is, as broken as this is, it's all either all of me for all of him or all of me for all of me. There is no in between. And this is why Peter goes real quickly and he says, but we were eyewitnesses to the majesty. And so Peter's referencing where he had a front row seat. There's a uh, Matthew 17, if you want to write that down. It's the transfiguration. That's what they talk about in scripture. And I'm going to read you two verses so you can see what Peter's talking about. Matthew 17, verses five and six. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them and a voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am uh, well pleased. Listen to him. But when the disciples who were with them heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up and do not be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. So let's just pause here. This is the crazy, like one of the many crazy stories in scripture where you go, oh, I can read it. But like if I really process what just happened, you go, really? Like, really, did that just happen? And so a lot of times we hear people preach about it. We're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But like Jesus was there, uh, Moses and Elijah, I believe, were there, right? Like, and all of a sudden, these guys are witness to this huge amount of the majesty of God. And we go, ah, that's cool. That sounds nice, right? But then think about this. Peter got to witness that, Right? Yet in a short amount of time, he will be known as the one who denies Christ three times. The same guy that saw the majesty, the glory of God denied Christ three times. Then he's approached by Jesus after his death and resurrection and receives forgiveness and a meal on a bench or on the beach, best place to eat a meal, and, which, and then he be, Christ used him just the way he said he was going to, as the rock to build the church. Guys, that's my life in a nutshell. 
right? That's your life in a nutshell. Brokenness, right? See these incredible things. See what God has done. See how he's moved things in your life. And then I'm gonna deny him a couple weeks later and go, nah, I'm good. Peter lived this and yet Christ used him. And this is why it's vital for us that claim Christ that we understand what we're called to. Scripture was not made by man, but is a claim by God to be his own words. As humans, we take what God has created for us to use in worship of him. God has given us all things to bring him glory and settled for the least useful purpose, which is an attempt to worship ourselves and to convince ourselves we're king. Let me say that again. As humans, you and I, we take what God has created for, by, for us to worship him, and we settle for its least useful purpose, which we use to worship ourselves and to convince ourselves we're king. So look at our relationships with what God has given us. Just take a second, I want you to listen. I'm gonna give you a list of things. Okay, think about what our relationships are with these things. What's our relationships with food? Right, this isn't guilt, this is just truth. I use it to make myself feel better. I use it to backfill. I use it to distract. What about our money? Who owns our money? What's my relationship? God has given us all things. What's my relationship with money? What about creation as a whole? What about sex? There's so many things that we don't recognize. God has gifted us as a gift and we use it constantly to backfill. Beauty which includes the arts and entertainment. What's our relationship with that? Emotions and feelings. God has given us those things as indicators, but what have we used them for? They're all created by God for his glory, and we go, I'll take that and make it about me. You see, and then we start to make deals and we talk about cleverly designed myths. We talk about we never actually have to allow Jesus to work in any of our lives because you go, well, God, I got all these things. I don't need you. I've got this and I've got this and I've got this and I've got this. And so God, why do I need you? So Monday night, uh, we're a part of a group and, and uh, I, I have no other way to say this except for Jesus convicted me like hardcore on Monday night. We were doing this exercise together and we were listing things of like, okay, God, what, what do you want to work in? What do you want to do? And for years, I was, I'm, like I knew as a general sentence, I knew that I was afraid of a bunch of things. I wouldn't say I'm a fearful person, but I knew I was afraid of a bunch of things. But it wasn't until in the last year that God started, like I, because I'm now doing this, 
the layer was off, right? The cover was off. And so God very clearly started saying, Jared, this is what you're afraid of. And until that layer was off that I could blame somebody else or that I couldn't just, it was now me. And so here's my list of what I wrote down. And the reason I'm sharing this with you is because we as the body of Christ have to continue to grow in our understanding that God is here for every single one of us. And so here's my list. I knew I was afraid, but I didn't know of what. And I'd voice it sometimes, but never actually work through it. Number one, failing someone. I am deathly afraid of letting someone down. Number two, not doing enough. Number three, being exposed as a fraud. Number four, being not good enough. And number five, needing affirmation. So this is my list. It doesn't change my whole life. Instead, God said, are you going to give me these? And the truth is, I am every single one of these. Jesus is the answer, but I am not. And so I think across the board, every single one of us, if we go, God, if we just take that first layer off, it's paper thin. But the minute I take that first layer off and you go, God's like, I've been asking you for those for years. Jesus is the answer. I am not. I walked around for years carrying a general understanding that I was running from things, but never took the time to have the spirit move until Monday night. It wasn't until we started this whole thing where all those things started to come to the surface. You see, I no longer had a layer of protection of blaming someone else. Instead, it was all there and they're going, okay, now you have to deal with this. I could no longer busy myself just with what I'm good at. And so you and I have to decide with the entirety of our lives in the balance whether we believe scripture. Do you believe that God is good? Do you believe that he loves you? Do you believe he came for you? And do you believe there's hope? Verse 21 in this section of scripture and in 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17, it helps us understand how we got scripture, how broken people could be used to produce such a life-changing book. The spirit carried them along. To which all, right, Peter says we do well to pay attention to. And so as we close out our time, I just want to process is going, there is always hope because he lives. And so we get to hear there's this majesty, there's hope in this darkness, there's light that's happening. That's what scripture is saying. He's going, I, there's so many things. This is what I saw. This is what God's doing. There is always hope because he lives. And this is why we'll press in as people. This is why we as a group want to continue to press into, I have to surrender to the king. I have to continue to allow him to teach me to surrender. I have to let him bend my knee because I'm naturally going to fight like crazy to build my own kingdom. And so this is why we believe that God's word will call us to more of him. 
And this is why we believe that Jesus offers hope to others through every part of our lives. What you're going through is not lacking purpose because God can use it for his glory. What you're processing right now, what hurts you're working through, what great celebrations you're working through, all of those things can be used for God's glory if you allow to turn it over to him. And this is why we believe, this is why Jesus calls us to follow him. All of us for all of him. The world is dark, but not without hope. And so this week, like, somebody asked me a question this morning, how was your week? And I said, every single one of my weeks are ridiculously random. And I wish there was some that was like, oh yeah, this schedule, blah, 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 and worked out. But what I've realized is God continues to bring situations and conversations every day that goes, Jerry, are you gonna trust me? And so I want us to hear today as a light of even some of our conversations this week, is this the process for a second? Have you ever fully surrendered your life to Jesus? Have you ever just said, you know what, I can't do this anymore. I can't carry this weight anymore. I have been trying to do this my own way and I have to fully surrender to him. I have to allow him. I'm gonna give you my heart, God, and then you're gonna take it from there. And so if you haven't fully surrendered, man, I'd love to have that conversation with you. And we're gonna have time with some questions here at the end. But if you're like, man, I've been kind of halfway in, if you just go, okay, God, what do you want? What do you want to take? What am I holding back from you? And then say, okay, God, this is yours. The world is dark, but not without hope. And God has called us as the body of Christ to speak hope with our lives. And we can't just speak hope on Sunday mornings when we're surrounded by people that think of it like us. We have to live it Monday through Saturday with the people at work, the crazy people in your house. Whoever you come in contact with, there is hope because our Savior's alive. So we finish our time every time with questions. And so I'm gonna offer some questions up for us. And so the whole, we'll, we walk through these and we give it a couple minutes to go, okay, God, what do you wanna do? We'll play a song and, and you can write, you can think, you can pray, whatever you want to do, okay? And so I'm gonna walk through the questions. Number one, is there anything that someone tried to add to the gospel that you still believe? For many of us, we grew up in some sort of faith element. And that is not bad, right? People took you to church, all those kind of things. But sometimes man has tried to add things to the truth, right? And sometimes those things is what everybody's trying to deconstruct and they end up trying to deconstruct the word of God. And so very clearly, I want you to hear, I'm not calling you to 717 church. Most pastors not calling you to their church, they're calling you to Jesus. Repent and believe. And so if there's anything in your life that you go, man, this thing was so broken, I grew up in this system, whatever it is, have you turned it over to Jesus? So that's number one. Number two, is repent and believe too easy of a definition for the gospel. And so what I mean by that is going, 
is there sometimes where you go, well, yeah, I need to do this too. I need to do this too. I start adding things, right? And Jesus is saying, repent and turn. I'll get you. Let me turn you. Repent and trust me. Repent and trust me. Right? Number three, Peter saw Jesus transfigured, right? What are the moments in your life you have seen Jesus move? Have those changed your life or just become memories? In a couple weeks, in the month of December, we're going to spend some time celebrating what God has done as a part of our church-wide breakfast. And what we believe is, you know what? Those moments, those things that God had moved, we have to constantly remind ourselves, especially in the days that we live. I've seen God move. His word changes my life, and I've seen God move. Last one. As we go, okay, none of those are really resonating, and we would believe, we say, we want to pray for the local church. So number one, St. Luke's Church, uh, I think right on 501, uh, they just, their pastor retired, Pastor Jim Hahn, just got a new pastor. I'm excited for what God's doing in their church. So we want to pray for St. Luke's. The other thing is we recognize that we want, there is conflict all over the world. But we also want to recognize that we want to pray for peace in Israel. And what that means is that every heart, every single person in that area turns their heart to Jesus. Right? Every single person. That's where the peace of God moves. And so we're going to give a couple seconds and play a little bit of song. And the simple opportunity is to go, okay, God, what do you want to do? Father God, thank you for your word. And so, Father, uh, it calls us. It knows us. It speaks to us. And so, Father, thank you for that constant reminder that no matter how much we run or try to act like we're not running or that we have it all together, Father, we have the example of Peter. And Father, there is not a moment in our lives, no matter what stage we're in, that you don't want to move in us, to change us. And so, Father, may we not get used to the truth and just tuck it away, but instead allow it to say, God, this hurts, but I'm gonna trust you with it. And so, Father, if there's steps that we need to take today, if there's things that we need to turn over, if there's things that we need to make right, that we need to seek forgiveness from or step into vulnerability and say, yes, this is me, Father, may we have the strength to take a step. So, Father, thank you. Thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for loving us. Thank you for this opportunity to be together. And so, Father, may it not just be a gathering of people. Father, we've got this chance to worship you, to be a part of this together. But, Father, may that worship flow into Monday and the rest of the week. Father, may we not just sing words but live lives that speak of a king who loves us and came for us. Thank you for today. Thank you for what you're doing. And Father, may we trust you a little bit more today. In your name, amen. amen. Thanks so much for listening and being a part of this community. 
We hope that today's message helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus and live out what His Word is calling you to. Hit the subscribe button below to follow us, share with a friend, or leave a review. If you'd like to give to this ministry, you can do so at 717.church.